I do it again. Hey, everybody. Uh, this week of Floating on Films, we're talking about the movie Encanto. Hit the musica. I'm Michael Flaherty. And I'm Colleen Flaherty. This is Flaherty's on Films, a little podcast where we talk about the movies of the day. Michael, what are we talking about and what is it about? We used to talk about the movies of the past. Yeah. Not this time. Nah. This is a new movie. This it's is called, happening right now. It's called Encanto. Do you want to use the correct pronunciation? Encanto. Great. Uh, here's, a, <laughs> that, here's a description of the movie provided by IMDb. A Colombian teenage girl has to face the frustration of being the only member of her family without magical powers. Kind of. Kind of what it's about. I am to be. What would your description be? I hate it when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that fun? It's a prompt. It's a prompt. I just threw you the ball and uh, you can go wherever you want. A movie set in Colombia with fun music I and about generational calm. Keep doing this. <laughs> Me correctly pronouncing things with my excellent Spanish. Disclaimer, I cannot speak Spanish and do terrible pronunciations. All right. Let's get to our first. In- oh, wait. Have you seen this movie before? No, this was my first viewing. And um, <laughs> it was all right. Uh, this is my 800,000th viewing. I, I've probably seen the movie from start to finish one time. <laughs> But I've seen bits of it so many times it adds up. Because? Because I have a daughter of the appropriate age who loves the film, misunderstands a lot of the uh, important morals of it, but... Does she like to dress up as any of the characters? Uh, Thank you so much for asking. She likes to dress up as Isabella, Mm -hmm. who uh, learns in the film that she doesn't have to be perfect and beautiful to be a contributing member to society. And Elaine, my daughter, likes her because she is beautiful and perfect. And she likes to put on a long black wig like Isabella and looks like a creepy girl from The Ring. (laughs) Now for our first segment. Wait, (laughs) do you like the film? Yes. And our first segment... Fan favorite. Bam. Time for Sam. The part of the show where Sam comes on and tells us some facts. Many that she probably has already told us, but we're going to act equally surprised as the first time we heard it. You're going to be impressed by my acting. I was going to say, did you guys want a second to like rehearse? (laughs) Whoa. Oh my gosh. This is brand new. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? That's me doubting you. What? Get right out. I don't think so. You're fired. I was wrong. So that's all the possibilities. Yeah. I'm very excited for this. Okay. Okay. So Jared Bush and uh, Byron Howard had just finished wrapping up their movie Zootopia in 2016, and they wanted to focus on their next project. They decided that they were going to do a musical. And after thinking about it a little bit, they brought on Lin Manuel Miranda to kind of make it into a Latin American. And musical. for the people at home, who is that? Um, he is a genius. Musical genius. Let's just put it that way. To quote something that our dear friend Angela Flaherty sent me, we are beyond lucky to be living in a time when Lin-Manuel Lin- Miranda is here to 
bestow his gift upon us. Hamilton guy. Got it. Go on. Got it. Yeah, I was looking for more of that. <laughs> Wasn't looking for your editorializing. So the three men gather together to kind of discuss what a Latin American musical would look like. And they were throwing different ideas around. And they decided or discussed a bunch and decided, hey, we both have or we all have very large families. And that's a really interesting dynamic, this concept of these large families and how they kind of work and grow together. And they're like, let's do a a movie musical about a large extended family. So to quote um, Howard, quote, we thought it would be amazing to tell a story about not just a pair of characters, but a large extended family. We wanted to celebrate and to try to understand how the complex dynamics of big families really works. How well do we know our families and how well do they know us? Yes. I think this is an appropriate question. Because you just mentioned big families. Like three times. Like three times. And you said Byron Howard? Is that Ron Howard's child? I think Howard's just a common name. It is. But I was just hoping he was related to Bryce. And they were Bryce and Byron. Oh, Samantha, could you look that up? While she's looking that up, I think it's so funny how like they're really into the large extended family. There is a lyric in this movie where she's like, so many kids, grandkid roundup. And it's like, this girl has straight up three cousins. That is not a big family. Right. Like We have more cousins. We have 32 first cousins. Like, is that both sides? Yeah. You're kidding? Wow. That's yeah. a lot. Maybe I, I made that number up. Look at up. me how I'm surprised. <laughs> like, really? 32? <laughs> yeah. No way. That's crazy. And then they have kids. Like, it's a whole thing. How did you do reunions? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, anyway. But uh, no relation. <laughs> no relation. Oh, Howard shit. is, in fact, a common name. <laughs> Big family, but not necessarily including Bryce. So, these guys started kind of writing out ideas about what it means to have a big family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they came up basically with three things that every family has to deal with. Ooh. One. Drama. Most, <laughs> most of us do not feel truly feel seen by our families. Oh. I feel a little too seen. <laughs> <laughs> Two. That's why it's most. Most of us carry burdens we never let our families see. Mm-hmm. And three. Especially. Most of us... <laughs> most of us are oblivious that nearly all of us especially within our own families feel the exact same way say that one again i I got lost we all feel the same burdens and feelings of not being seen we all feel it michael (laughs) you especially feel burdened and unseen as the youngest (laughs) so with carry a heavy load so with that, this idea, they decided to focus on Colombia, which is a really um, unique country of immensely diverse and fascinating. What cultures. would you say are the least unique countries? <laughs> yes, yeah, Sam. Tell us. So cancel culture. Is it diverse? I mean, they're all Colombian. Canada. Oh. <laughs> It's more of a melting pot there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every country is interesting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sam. (laughs) You're wrong. (laughs) See how I acted that out before? Ooh, what about Antarctica? Yes. There's just like a research station there. 
Right. But from a bunch of different countries. And penguins. Oh. And penguins. Okay, so... So with this idea, they decided to do the story about this family focused in Colombia. So the three of them went to Colombia for two weeks. <laughs> so, now, so now they're experts. And met with a variety of different people from chefs and architects. Two weeks is like no time. Immerse themselves in the culture. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, I already told this story, but I... My daughter, every time YouTube app is open, she sees an Encanto video. We have to watch it. So I've watched a million of these fun facts. And that was one of the facts. Like, Lin-Manuel spent two weeks in Colombia just to, to get a proper feel and really study the culture. And it's You like, forgot English. He was there so long. <laughs> it's like, the dude is rich. He could just spend a year in Colombia. Right, it's lovely. I be- I've been to Colombia. Oh, I should have mentioned that. I should mention that a lot. Yeah. People love that when you tell them about your travels. You can't speak Spanish. Okay. So what else, Sam? (laughs) Oh, God. This is not going to go well, then. Um, (laughs) Tell us all they learned and immersed about the country. No, just my pronunciation. In the Barachara. Yeah, Barachara. Barachara. You got it. That's perfect. Region. It's called uh, Barachara. They met a uh, tour guide, a local tour guide, whose name was Alejandra Esponisa Urib. Sure. You got it. Okay. And they actually liked her so much that they hired her to consult on the cultural authenticity of this film. (laughs) So they're like, we really want to do a Colombian movie. And then they brilliantly had the idea to hire one person from Colombia. <laughs> and, and they went on vacation. And they went on vacation. <laughs> and they actually mirrored uh, Mirabelle after her. Like, she mm. looks very similar to Mirabelle with the big glasses and the curly hair. Just nice. brilliant ideas. I mean, that's why they Those get paid the big ideas. bucks. We wouldn't think of this stuff. I would never think go on vacation. <laughs> one of the or hire the guy who wrote Hamilton. Like, oh, <laughs> how do you think of that? How do you t- it's brilliant. <laughs> Byron! <laughs> One of the first things that they did was actually have uh, Miranda write um, the opening number to this movie. And that's because they kind of needed a stepping stone to understand all the characters themselves. So they wrote this opening number that explains the characters to um, the audience, which was also... The studio was worried about having so many main characters, so they wrote this as both a slate for themselves to remember their characters and what they can do, but then also to show the studio, hey, we can have this many characters and explain it to the audience. It won't be confusing. I kind of agree with the clean. There's not... I mean, there's a lot of people on frame. There's not that many characters to speak in. I mean, I guess that's a lot of characters for that kind of movie. That makes sense, I guess. I feel like there's the same amount of speaking roles in Aladdin. Sure. Like this movie. Um, and it, but, okay. To okay, Sam's no, pl- I'd argue that. How many speaking roles are in Aladdin? The Sultan, Jasmine, Aladdin, the genie, Abu, he speaks, Jafar, the parrot, the uh, the guards, the guards, except like we Walmart. all got swords. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, so that's it eight. is it is conspicuous how few people are in that palace. <laughs> so, probably another one. No, no, no. So that's eight. That's eight. Yeah. Okay, so this movie has Abuela, 
the three... there's six grandkids, three kids. That's yeah, but how nine. many actually are characters who speak? They all, they speak. all speak. I yeah, but like as much as the guards are like a part of the plot. Like there's all the... of them. I would argue. I would absolutely argue against you. Okay. You're wrong. Anyway, to circle back to what Sam's saying, so they're saying they needed to bring in Miranda because as a very successful musical producer, he's good at expositional songs, which is not as common in Disney, like heavy exposition songs. So they, so he wrote this and what's, yeah. Oh, what? The the Belle? What's that song? So actually he was inspired by Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Yes. What's that song called? Belle. What's I call it Little Town because Little I'm town. that's like it's obviously logically called, what it should be called. It's originally oh, actually called life Provincial Life, call yeah. but I said, um, look at all you rubes. I, I read way more. I love the exposition of that song. So <laughs> he was inspired good. by that to write this song, but it what's kind of neat is they wrote this before they actually had a whole plot. And so they had different gifts for the people, so they kind of had to swap out the gifts within the song. They had different names. For example, Bruno was originally named Oscar, and Miranda actually was a big part of them changing that because it was really hard to rhyme Oscar in a song. <laughs> totally. I, they sure. said, like, he really wanted Bruno just so he could say, Bruno, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. Like that line. Uh, I think it's a great. <laughs> Doesn't work. Not, yeah, not great. So uh, the kids all get their gifts when they come of age. And according to the writers, the coming of age is age five. Ooh. Oh, they are so cute. Did you oh already God. say why, what this is based on? This it's not based on anything. That's crazy to me. That's such a weird, like, what about a house that makes them all X-Men? <laughs> It is based on the X-Men, actually. <laughs> and they all have rooms that are their X-Men power. Like, that's such a cool idea. It's like a cuter sc- uh, Xavier School of Extraordinary Children. But also better. Like, the fact that the rooms are also their powers, I think, is cool. I do like that. That is yeah. a really fun world. Yeah. I'm excited to see what they're going to definitely do in a sequel. Oh, you think they're going to make a sequel? I mean, come Stop on. stealing She continues things. to not have power. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly Frozen 2. <laughs> Oh, really? I mean, that Anna has no powers. Oh, That's kind of her deal. So Disney has kind of a theme. Yeah, man. <laughs> they used to have, like, finding your identity, and now it's, like, finding your not having power. <laughs> finding just, your kind of shitty identity. Just be- being cool with everybody being better than you around you, <laughs> yeah, which actually the- I relate to. I like that. Yeah, they're evolving. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. It's not bad well that we're not even into my pre-production notes. Uh, just shout it. Just go through them real fast. So uh, wrap it like Miranda. Go. <laughs> I was almost going to do it, too. That would have been really bad. Uh, so breaking from... <laughs> so breaking from tradition, uh, Disney really wanted to get on all Colombian cast for filming this Wow. wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Are there even that many Colombians? Wait, but then none of them would be white. <laughs> this is very confusing. I don't get that. <laughs> so they have a really great cast, but one thing I thought was very interesting is they brought in Stephan- uh, Stephanie. Sorry, you mean all Latin, not all Colombian. They're all mostly Colombian. Really? Or of a Colombian heritage, yes. Oh. Uh, so they brought in Stephanie uh, Beatrice, who um, her dad's from Colombia. So Colombian heritage. And she's Rosa. And in 
Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So they brought her in originally for the role of Louisa. And they brought her in, and they brought her in for Louisa because of her character, Rosa, they in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They didn't know that her normal voice is Disney Princess. <laughs> and then when they met her, they're like, oh, you are super, like, bubbly. And so they're like, never mind. We're going to have you be Maribel. Uh, also with Louisa, Disney, this is a very common fact, but it makes me mad. So I'm going to bring it up anyways. Disney really had fought against the artists because they really wanted to give Louisa the strong one muscles. We really got a rush, but I have to point out that Clean just Googled Latin America. (laughs) 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 Oh, now it's her email. Okay. I, uh, I was like, so Latin America includes Colombia? I thought it was I thought it was Central America, but Latin America is Central and South America. It's actually it's totally cool. I just googled podcasting just to make sure. I'm like I'm on point. Shut up! <laughs> oh, it's like a place. You guys, I literally two years in a row had to throw <laughs> throw events for Hispanic Heritage Month, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what Latin America was. <laughs> cool i don't even know what it is what is it it's like a place yep okay got it let's go (laughs) rapid fire okay so at the very end of the movie there's a scene where bella and mirabelle are chatting in a river there's it's a multi-colored river and this is actually a real place in colombia it's called the cano cristals and it has five bright colors throughout the river of red blues orange yellows and greens and this is because of the plants and the algae it's actually um considered to be one of those beautiful places in the country but it's a national park that you have to have a special permit to visit and only a few people are allowed to go there every year South America is effing crazy. Like, it has places that shouldn't exist. Like, there's this place in Venezuela where just lightning strikes all the time. Awesome. Maybe I made that up. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, There's a volcano where you have to throw the one ring inside. It's crazy. uh, For every family member, there is a representation of their gift on their outfits. And on Mirabelle, there is one representation for every family member on her outfits confirmed they're not Google. paying attention they're just looking up lightning <laughs> stuff no 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 yeah yeah Keep going. yeah yeah, is yeah. south america <laughs> really? part of latin america <laughs> i cannot believe that that's a cool fact wow i disagree but i think i see where you're coming from it is so weird how much we're extending this despite us <laughs> yelling at sam about the time limit <laughs> You know, you have a different viewpoint than mine, but I tolerate different opinions. Unlike the left. (laughs) Go ahead. Keep going before Michael gets canceled. Because, you know, he's a white man in this America. Independent thought. Sorry. (laughs) You guys still going on your Joe Rogan bit? (laughs) We're not not doing that. Um, So. Get the show on the Rogan. (laughs) you are very bad at moving us along yeah say come on come on look at you checking the time while extending bits it's all my fault i accept that okay (laughs) uh just update samantha is literally wheezing (laughs) Because like Ro. No, 
See, Sam, the normal idiom okay. is on the road. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's not a pun per se, but... Okay. <laughs> Unlike other Disney musicals, they actually brought in a choreographer to um, really early on to kind of choreograph each scene so that you really could... Um, I want to say, like, feel the music. It's very... Columbia is very rich in their music and their dancing. Okay, that actually is an interesting fact, that in all of their musicals that do have dancing in them, that they didn't have a choreographer. Well, they, they have, they like, do. models dance. They do, but, like, not early on. Like, this oh, was bringing in a I choreographer see. to really just... So they're just... fundamental to the scene. Yeah. Gotcha. And oh. it's really interesting, like, how throughout... So, example, uh, Mirabelle has a very unique way of dancing. It's very salsa. But whenever she's dancing with other people, she actually tries to morph into their dancing as a metaphor oh. of her trying to fit in with her family. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's cool if you like dancing. I don't really like dancing. But for you, I mean, that's really cool. Because you uh, danced for, I don't know, what, three years or something? <laughs> 14. <Yeah>. Oh, f- <laughs> 14. 14. 14. Okay. Wow. Wow, that is a lot that's, of years. That's seven times two. Yes. Wow. <laughs> You guys are fun people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there was a pandemic that heard of it. Oh, geez. (laughs) It's going to go in a while. (laughs) And so actually a lot of this uh, filming happened separately. So like there's a very famous song we don't talk about. Oh, by the way, sorry. On this on this podcast, we call it the plandemic. Go on. (laughs) Uh, So like the famous song we don't talk about Bruno had to be recorded all separately and then brought together and actually like Lin-Manuel Miranda had to kind of coach them all through Zoom on how to sing the song Whoa. and whatnot. It was actually weird. I did see some of the dancing uh, where they're all in masks yeah. while, they're, while they're choreographing. That's pretty cool. Is it? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wrapping this up. Yeah. So the film was released in the United States on November 24th, 2001. They did it for 30 days and then they would release it on Disney Plus. This is my handsome fiance. He oh my there. God, we get it. We You're get in love. It. He's hot. Jesus. God. It would make $243.9 million in the box office. Now, that sounds like a significant amount, but actually, Not it really. was expected to make $400 million just to break even. So it is technically considered a box office flop. However, but because it's a weird time, (laughs) it is a weird time, but it was because of Disney plus and kind of like the holiday viewing that really spurred this on and made it kind of a bigger film. So plus they're going to make a billion dollars in merchandising, like in the next month in my house, (laughs) like Jesus. Yeah. So, um, this is one of those weird situations where I can't tell you if it won any Academy Awards because there, I don't know. It was just, there was just, okay, sorry. Nope. <laughs> code red, code red. Code red. Go ahead. <laughs> because uh, the Academy Awards haven't happened yet, but it has been nominated for three, including best animated feature, best original score and best original song for Dos. Origatas. Wow, this is bad. <laughs> my final fact for you today, before my question, is that uh, they have expressed an interest of doing a potential Disney Plus series following 
the different family members. So not a sequel, but actually a show. Mm-hmm. And my question for you guys today. Uh, Columbia is home to the Pink River. What type of animal? Pink River. Hippo. Uh, uh shit, that's really good. No, here's. Do you Pink River flamingo. So sorry. Oh, I like that. Dolphin. Ooh. Sure. They are really cute and pink. In rivers. And they only survive in freshwater. In rivers, though. It's in rivers. Big. Can I tell you why my guess was so dumb? Yeah, fact. Go fast. So. There is a movement in Colombia called Save the Hippos. Hippos are not indigenous to Colombia, but Pablo Escobar had a huge zoo on his, a private zoo on his lot. But then, of course, he was just killed and just let it go wild. So then hippos are just around and people just keep killing them. And they're like, save the hippos, which shouldn't be here. So that's my cool Colombia fact. Anyway, that was BAM. Time for Sam. All right, let's do it. Now we're going to go to our next segment called Critics Corner, where we hear how, what the critics have to say about this film. Okay, you don't have to speak in double speed or double speed. Excuse me. That's just how I talk. I will start with Peter Travers from ABC News. With its Lin-Manuel Miranda song's top in the music charts, everyone is dancing to Bruno. No, that's not right. Anyway, Bruno doesn't even sing a song. The time is now to see this burst of animated family enchantment. Miranda gives this Oscar favorite a heart that sings and a spirit that soars. I only got three noms. Oh. Peter. All right. This one is by Jason. Uh, he writes for Amazon reviews. Our expert. Oh, I'm not looking for. I don't like this movie that much, but I'm not looking forward to these reviews. Here we go. Our expectations were low, but this underwhelmed even those. The story is farcical. Oh, isn't that just the worst? You're watching an animated movie. It's like this would never happen. <laughs> Uh, as far as I go, it seems more motivated by song than anyone else. Ah! Don't you hate that when you're watching a musical? And you're like, There's a lot of music. In this. And it's like, why are, they could just talk. The song's moving the story. Motivated <laughs> uh, uh, worse than even other recent Disney films was, oh, don't you just hate that when other films are better? <laughs> was hoping this might have some Pixar influence, but no one's around. There's no Andy. There's no Woody. Sucks. Should have been a Buzz cameo. Where was Tim Allen? (laughs) To infinity and nowhere, am I right? (laughs) Jesus. This is from Christy Lemire of NPR. It's a little trite and hackneyed, but what distinguishes this film somewhat is a delightful weird streak. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. I like that review. Let's just take a moment to think about how nice it was. (laughs) Good moment. (laughs) (laughs) Much luxurating in time. Can we just slow down for a second? Uh, not sh- okay. Here's my. We both did the weirdest shoulder dancers. Dances. Fuck. Can I not talk? This by Mickey, who writes for Amazon. Uh, not sure why it's so popular. The characters aren't cute. <laughs> the characters aren't cute. They're cute. Uh, there's no romance. Is there no romance? There's definitely not. romance. Yeah, there's the grandma. Her husband dies. The <laughs> songs are not very melodic. They're pretty melodic. And most of it is kind of depressing. Well, most? Sure. <laughs> uh, plays out like a soap opera. Sure I like, like that. that. <laughs> uh, God, we got to be not related. Uh, <laughs> where there's just drama within a family. Oh, isn't it the worst? Uh, it was supposed to show off Latin American culture, but they never... <laughs> 
but they never leave their house. Well, it's a magical house that gives them powers. I mean, come on. Uh, the only nice part is that the house, which has a nicer inner patio than the veranda. That's kind of cute. <laughs> it is a nice house. It's a nice house. He's like, oh, I hate that they're always in the house. It's a pretty cool house. This is from friend of the show, Peter Whoa. Branshaw, who has kind of a harsh review. This is crazy. I'm usually with Peter. And honestly, this week, I'm with Peter on this is how he experienced the film. And that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's, yeah, fine. that's fine. That's fine. However well-meaning, this milestone movie could almost represent a creative crisis for Disney. It feels like yet another step down the cul-de-sac of bland, algorithmically generated entertainment. More Stepford content from the Dream Factory. I don't think I agree with that. Yeah, I actually don't. I don't like this movie so far. There are some nice moments and sweet show tunes. Yes, but Encanto feels like it is aspiring to exactly the sort of bland, frictionless perfection that the film is solemnly preaching against with a contrived storyline that wants to have its metaphorical cake and eat it. I kind of agree with some of that. Kind of, right? It's like a little too harsh. Yeah, I, I, I get frictionless. I get metaphorical cake. I don't know, we'll talk about that later. Okay, last review. Uh, yeah, my uh, wife liked it. I did. That guy. <laughs> Great review. Okay, so what's the movie about? The movie is there's yeah. We don't even have to go through the plot. No, because I've seen it eight million times. Right, but uh, so just describe it to me. There's character Mirabelle. Um, so it starts uh, with a. Uh, so it turns out that her grandma's husband, her grandpa, he sacrificed himself to save his family, and that sacrifice created this magic candle that created an encanto, an enchanted for a magic house, but also like a protected village mm-hmm. by mountains from like outside political forces, though they don't mention what that is, and we don't really know what year it is. Mm-hmm. It actually is represented representative of the hundred day war in Colombia, where Thank a lot you. of villages were destroyed and people were kind of forced out and they built their own little communities in the middle of nowhere that's really fun thank you so much samantha cool oh can i tell one inappropriate joke you told because i was like oh this is like it's even though it's not based on a certain story it's like oh this is a very like normal uh, a common tradition of south america of uh, a combination of mysticism and catholicism and michael's like what's the difference (laughs) oh Oh, commentary (laughs) (laughs) anyway so, uh, so yeah, so the magic house, the magic house gives her kids and grandkids powers, right? Okay, except for Mirabelle, she didn't get a power. We don't know why. Um, we don't have to go through all the people, but uh, the first song does, and then uh, her. So she didn't get a power, or and then, but tonight is Antonio. This adorable little kid, he's cute. so cute. He gets to get his power, which is talking to animals, whatever, and then. But oh no, the Encanto is breaking and we don't know why. She's going to figure it out. Um, and then the next song is Luisa's song, which Michael didn't love. But uh, why don't we just say what the plot is and then just go through our talking points? Okay. Uh, so then, yeah. So it's about how Luisa feels burdened. Now, I want to bring up this point. John mm-hmm. <laughs> was like, oh. It was our brother. John, our brother, was very into the like, haha, isn't this like just endorsing some kind of, um, you know, divine dictatorship? But we don't actually see the um, Madrigals uh, running the town. What's a Madrigal mean? 
What's their last name? That's the <laughs> the family Madrigal. That's the first song. <laughs> Oma the family. Totally, I, I saw it. I saw the film. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> Michael, I've I've listened to this song so many Isn't times. Isn't Madrigal like a word? Yeah, that's okay, it's also okay. that's a fun double meaning. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's like a, a dissonant choir, which is why it's fun and and we don't talk about Bruno when they do that. Oh, we're like a distant choir because we're family. Oh my god, families are so crazy. Oh fuck, I was wrong because the song before that is Mirabelle's like actually a bit sad that she doesn't have power and she feels left out of her family, and that's that's the Isn't like that the first. She's like she says she's not sad though, right? She keeps saying it, but she like, and then we're like in that moment, like oh yeah, it's her the classic Disney I want song, right? The um, wait, what does she want? She she wants to be magical. Does she say that? She's waiting on a miracle. She wants a miracle. Okay, I want to it. move the mountains. I want to heal the world. I want to. I'm fucking dumb, man. I don't remember. <laughs> I was like, they should have said it explicitly, but you're like, no, they did. <laughs> explicitly, these are the things she wants. I want the ma- Well, could be a little metaphorical. She doesn't really want a mountain. What would you do with a mountain? <laughs> she wants to. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that Ariel just wants more. My, I want to be where the people are. That's literal. She literally wants to be there. And Mary Bell literally wants to have a miracle. She doesn't want a mountain. I don't know why I yell. I'm sorry. Move the mountains is what she, she says. Doesn't want to, she doesn't want to move a mountain. My fucking God. Anyway. Anyway, so the whole my whole point about them, they don't really we don't see them govern. What we do see is they've dedicated their life to service of the town. And in Louisa's song, it's like that she feels all this burden of always having to. And Michael, I'm sure you understand this uh, in your family, how you have to take on the burdens of your family. God. Yeah. I almost. And I have a dumb opinion because I don't know anything about music or lyrics, but I really love the lyrics in most of these That songs. is such a dumb opinion. It really you is. You feel like a, such an idiot for uh, saying that. Yeah. I don't know. It just, uh, that song gets me. Okay. So then, and then it's like, oh, there's this Bruno that John Leguizamo John or uh, for uh, audience at home, he played Luigi and the Mario Luigi Brothers. And the Mario. Okay, yeah, now, uh, now so he, but he's been ostracized from the family and we don't really know why. It turns out it's because he was a Cassandra type where he would tell the future and people would get really mad because the future is always that bad. reference. It's a Greek uh, uh, person who would see the future, but no one would believe her. I guess it's oh. different, but oh, okay. is that right, <laughs> Sam? I was. I okay. wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Not paying attention. It's probably right. I'm I'm super smart. It's anyway, right. uh, so so yeah, they they would just get all mad, um, and it's kind of a cute song, and because they do this bit where like, oh, he told me my fish would die, and he died, which is like, why would he even tell you that? <laughs> we all know goldfishes die. Anyway, not important. So she's like, all right. So Louisa said that Bruno had a vision that the magic would go away. So she has to figure that out. She goes to, she finds Bruno. He's been living in the walls with his rats. It's a, uh, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's cuter than it sounds. Sure. Um, <laughs> so then he has another vision where Mirabelle has to hug her sister. Oh, but her sister and her don't get along because yeah. her sister is so perfect and she hates it and she resents it. But just, it turns out her sister like hates being perfect. Oh no. Even though, yeah, just like us, like how I hate how perfect you are all the time. Like, God, but I'm like, ugh, but I'm just so perfect. Uh, it's just like 
Settle Can down. Can I be ugly for a second? No, you no, can't. can't. It's too many, too many expectations of you being gorgeous uh, and perfect. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> set the bar too high. Uh, so Mirabelle goes to talk to her. Turns out she hates being perfect all the time. And then she's like, oh, and she they like have a fun song where she gets to create cactuses instead of flowers. Because apparently her power is to just make useless plants it's fun how some of their powers are just like weird like that like one the person just has like a rain cloud over their head yeah it's like what it's cool it's like you wouldn't see that in the x-men you mean the x-men only have useful powers yeah they have combat oriented powers like there's storm but storm is powerful she could i think peppa could like like let's say they had a drought like she could create rain so like a lot of rain we hadn't seen that. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, yeah, so the flower power is kind of dumb. But then she like gets to create cactuses and, po- and poisonous flowers. And it's like, oh, I get to just be me. And then they hug. And then the, the, the power is getting better. But Abuela comes in. She's like, you're the one rooting it. And then Mirabelle's like, no, it's you. You are because you're so traumatized and trying to hold this family together. You're holding us to an impossible standard. And we're all cracking under it. Both literally and metaphorically mm. um and then yeah Wait, it does it yeah, d- yeah, okay. does kind of speed up in act three which i think most disney films kind of have an act three problem but <laughs> so they kind of just speed act three of aladdin is when jafar does his song oh that is good plus at that point you're like just kind of wrap it you know yeah <laughs> right totally i've totally. been in the theater long enough yeah yeah so so in this and then uh so the whole house collapses the the magic candle goes out the the encanto is broken and then she just has the grandma abuela has just revelation like oh yeah i was just holding us together and then what i think is actually a really powerful scene is so in the beginning of the film they kind of mention that her husband sacrificed himself but then they showed again and how actually devastating it was for her personally. Yeah. And that's why she's been so closed off and working so hard. And the whole movie is just about generational trauma. So then they go back and they rebuild the casita together. And it's all about collective action and loving each other. And it's not just about powers, but then they get their powers back anyway. So that, that's fa- the movie. Do me a favor, because you said a lot of words. Right? <laughs> so... Give me the summary again, but in one sentence or two sentences, if you want. Um, a summary of the film or summary of the, the pl- theme? Plot. The plot. The plot is about Mirabelle trying to save the family and the the magic. Save the magic of the house of the enchanted house that gives them powers. Right, and she figures out that it's about not embracing the perfectionism the weird, yeah oh, how they've been so focused on perfection that that's really what's breaking the magic God. not her and then when they figure that out the magic is restored and the real magic is love oh yes like harry potter exactly like harry except i feel like in harry potter the love was literal magic <laughs> <laughs> this is more figurative metaphorical magic <laughs> This is more like, yeah, the real gift is you, but not actually. Like, you're not actually magic. <laughs> well, like, don't get carried away. <laughs> this is like kind of a bigger speech. Okay, so your thoughts. You have a lot of thoughts. Do I don't. I? I don't have any because, like, I've just watched it so many times. I can't even have an opinion. Uh, okay. Well, I, 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 I feel like so much of this movie is really good. I do have a nitpick. Like, I think visually, this movie is 
fucking fantastic. It's like, beautiful. It's well animated. The character design is really great. The environments are really great. So much of this is great. I do. There is something that bothers me specifically because it's just a me thing. Is like, I just don't like. Obviously, this is our cartoon movie, so they're like proportions are like cartoonish and everything. It looks kind of cartoony, but it's still kind of lit and materialized in a very realistic way, which I don't like. Frozen is the same way, and I don't like it. Okay, I don't like any of that. So, like, so what Spider Man into the Spider Verse does, or what Arcane does, it's like like just be animated. Not even that. Like there are like or Paper Man. Did you see that Pixar short I've referenced a few times? Yeah. It's like I I legitimately think Disney will switch to more of that style because it just looks so beautiful. Have you seen Mitchell's versus the Machines? No. You should watch it. It's on Netflix. Uh, I think if it had come out ten years ago, it would have been a huge hit. But it was kind (laughs) of under the radar. It's the animation style is so fun. It was written by the brothers or the. The guys I like. Well, Into the Spider-Verse guys. I really like it, but I f- even though I feel like the uh, moral of it's a little on the nose, but... So, okay. So, I just have that. I don't know why I felt the need to bring that up, but... No, I remember because there was a point in the movie where we were watching. I was like, look at that dust and that lighting. And you're like, too good. It just looks like real dust on a, on a claymation. It's to me. It's like, it does feel like these things are living in the actual world. I just... Because I've seen other, you know, more stylized animation. Sure. I, I like that. And I think Disney's going to change that, which would be cool. Um, what else? I was telling this to Sam on the way home because uh, I watched it at your house and she drove us. That's, so <laughs> That's now, everyone needs to know now, that. Now you at home, it's like you were there. Uh, I think something I don't like about this film is that like, so I like the film Aladdin, right? And, and Do I'll, you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and Aladdin has a more proper traditional villain type, right? He's just a real jerk that Jafar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we have our hero. He's also kind of a jerk. <laughs> you know I mean? like, he's kind of an asshole. It's like everyone too nice in this? Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of agree with Peter Bradshaw. Yeah, Peter's review I disagree with though because he was like, "This is like bland factory made." I really do not feel that way. Yeah, I because I agree with the former or the the reviewer before that that there is some weirdness to it that I really like, but I do agree. I mean, I do agree there is a problem with Disney movies recently that like everything has to be like more nuanced and understanding as audiences get more quote unquote bullshit. sophisticated. Bullshit. Bullshit. So like you know like. It's hard to do a, a Disney villain anymore, especially because all the best Disney villains are definitely offensively a bit gay coded. <laughs> so I don't know what you do with that. It's hard because like that seems problematic, but also it's so fun. It's so good. <laughs> it's so fun. Like I want to hang out with like, Ursula. Yeah, like I know Ursula is like a drag queen and she's the bad guy, but I mean the best but part we, of the oh, movie. Oh no, she's the best guy. The best. Uh, <laughs> like we're kind of rooting for her a little bit, and it's not bland because to me. I haven't. I've seen Hamilton. I've seen In the Heights. And this just felt like this was a Lin Miranda movie. What's his name? <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda. This felt like his movie. Like it had this to me. It had kind of the same beats. Just because I guess In the Heights yeah. was an ensemble piece. And I didn't feel that way about Moana, which I think they overplayed his involvement in. I think he just kind of came in at the end and did some stuff. This felt like an LMM, L double M movie. Did I say that? Yeah, I think that's what they say. That's what they call him on Broadway. Like that gotcha. to his friends, L double M. They call uh, the mum. <laughs> 
Uh, what are else are my points? So I, I didn't like that. Uh, yeah, no one was a jerk. Even the main character was like, I'm kind of quirky, but she wasn't a fucking asshole, which I would like more. Uh, uh, Dolores was a bit of an a- agent of chaos, but That's true. That's I, true. I liked her a lot. I also, but even Bruno, where you're like, oh, this guy's, he's a, so cute. This guy's an asshole. And then he's like, actually, I'm the third character who you should empathize with. I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, so adorable. Do I just hate someone? <laughs> yeah, that was hard. I got you. I, I'm with you on that. And I, again, I do think it was a bit rushed. Uh, the the like so, I think like Disney's actually really good. At, I mean, the best parts of Aladdin and Little Mermaid are about like the emotional arcs. Like you care less about like Jafar being defeated than you do about Aladdin and Genie hugging at the end and resolving their friendship. That right? is the best part. That is best. right. So it's like okay, so just forgetting having any kind of action in the movie really and just mostly having an emotional arc and all about family like that's not a terrible idea it's not but there's so I, so I feel like the movie's good I just didn't connect with it personally I feel like one of the reasons is just like it just happened too fast for me that's fair like there's the woman who's really strong and she has the song which you really like and you're like it's such a powerful message you know she feels so burdened but it's like to me because maybe because I'm an idiot, no, I wasn't paying attention. I felt like her saying "I feel burdened by the pressure of being the oldest" was like the first thing she said in the movie. No, they hinted at it, right? Okay, again, it's not fair because I've seen parts of it so many times, and I really was not paying. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you have very strong opinions, nonetheless. No, no, no. I'm just saying personally. That's why I feel the way that I do. I just felt like. And like at the end, and again, I'm sure they hinted at it, and it's very good. But at the end, it's like the grandma and her, they're connecting. And it's like, you know, it was really my perfectionism that was driving us crazy. That's what destroyed the magic. And that's like the end of the movie. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was happening. Like, I didn't know the grandma was doing that. Door. I'm sure they said it, but I was just dumb. and I just didn't see it. So like, that's why it felt like, what happened? And then at the very end, when they're like, this is such a good moment where it's like, that's not having a magic skill that matters. It's like the love of the family. And they're all like clapping for her. I'm like, what did she do? Like I, she's connected with people. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like at a high level, it sounds like an awesome movie, but I just didn't get it. Again, maybe you need to watch it 80 million times and listen to the music then constantly. (laughs) And then like get to the point where you cry every time that her husband gets shot, which I do. Um, And the part, I love the part. Oh my God. At the end when they're like, what's that sound? It's everyone in town. And then they're like, it's like the real goodness and beauty in this world is just being there for each other. Okay. That's so true. It, it's fuck off. No, <laughs> it I, is true. I like, no, it's, I love, I don't know. I, I really like it, but again, I don't, I, I understand people. Cause if you can't, if you can't get yourself to connect emotionally with this movie, it's just going to pass you by. Yeah. Like, it's that's what it is. That's all it is. It's an emotional journey. It's an emotion, but I mean, and it's also got fun songs. I don't know why, but like Lilo and Stitch, I felt the emotions of the sisters more, but they were also jerks in the beginning, which I love. It's actually so funny you said that because I watched Lilo and Stitch last night (laughs) and I was watching it. I did actually say to David, maybe this is actually a better movie about family trauma. (laughs) 
like the beginning where her little sister just goes and fights a kid and bites her (laughs) in like the first scene and it's like yeah that's how a kid who's traumatized would act they would not just be nice and lovely but then yeah for some reason and then the like the emotional scene then them in the hammock that god aloha oi shut up and i'm not exactly sure why you know who really gets me (laughs) (laughs) emotionally (laughs) <laughs> who gets you emotionally you know what i just see him and i'm just like god i just tear it up it's our older brother's family it's a family show it's our older brother john and we're gonna bring him on for a segment that we call bro call i mean you know what our audience loves is when we recap things so like they were there so when we all watched together john was next to me and uh this louisa's song comes on the burden of being an older sister you know yeah. <laughs> uh you know Never wonder if the same pressure would have pulled you under mm-hmm. as your your sister takes this on. I'm like, John, is that how you feel? <laughs> and then he laughed. And then, yeah. and then I heard Michelle at the other end of the couch saying, Michael, I'm glad I'm over here. And then Michael said, you know, this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good. Man, we're funny. We're John, so funny. have you seen this movie on content? What do you think about it? So are we talking about family trauma? Because yeah. I'm here for that. <laughs> did yeah. I, did I cause all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah it's all your fault. For sure. I have to have headphones on. Sorry, I'm not no, used no, no. to being in the studio like this. <laughs> yeah. You I feel don't like I need to do my MPR voice. We have the headphones so we yeah. know we can hear you. So what did you think of Encanto? Uh, I liked Encanto. Uh, you know, I thought it was it had a really good underlying message that nobility and divine right is super mm-hmm. important. Okay, so John, I was making the point earlier that we in the movie never see them act in an administrative or in judiciary or in any kind of governmental work. As far as we know, they just spend their time serving the community and there's a whole other system of government that we have just not seen. Uh, So we don't know that. Similar to nobility and divine right, there's lots of implications (laughs) through the whole movie. Oh, go on. I mean, specifically how they have the main house. Uh, at the top of the hill. Sort of a pride they, rock situation. It's sort of like a pride rock situation. Isn't it weird, though, that there were no flags, like, for their family? Or no, like, <laughs> family crest? Uh, so, uh, well, they had that whole, that family mural thing. Yeah, oh, they, they did it. They did have a family mural. Oh, they they had grounds, yeah. unlike everyone else. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, Ev- we don't know that. We haven't seen the whole town. town. We didn't get a tour. Everyone in town was responsive to them and knew them and knew their story. Well, apparently not. The kids didn't know. That's why she had to sing that whole fucking Which song. Which was a little bit weird. That was like, a how weird. would they not know that? I mean, honestly, you've got your magic healing lady up there in the hill. Oh, I got a bo- bruised elbow. I think they're just there. like, oh, the nobility's talking to us. Let's just play along. I, exactly. <laughs> See, Mickey's getting it yeah. now. Which, which power would you guys want? Uh, what are the options? So, super strength, That's growing useless plants, yeah. uh, uh, making weather happen, healing people with uh, baked goods, seeing the future, or wait, did I say super strong already? Oh, uh, turning into other people, uh, and hearing really well. I'll go strong. Yeah, strong, yeah that just, strong is clearly the best. I don't know. Maybe, he, maybe actually, you know, on a healing, everyone is the best, but one, the one I would want is probably the super strength and the one I would absolutely never, ever want. And a point we all made repeatedly is the being able to hear everything. Yeah. Cause that could backfire. So many I ways. would, 
I kind of like um, Isabella's uh, stupid flower power because she kind of Spider-Man's it in a fun way, like that That's she can kind of fly and like and you know like lift herself up all the time. Like that would be fun. Real Spider-Manning is probably really hard. So, John, what are your more thoughts? <laughs> well, actually, I would say her Spider-Manning is better than real Spider-Man because oh, yeah, Spider-Man sure. has to be in a skyscraper situation where she can just grow the Even shit then, anywhere. It's probably still pretty hard. It's, pretty it's hard. also important to note that the movie does imply that Isabella is not limited to the flowers and that she's able to branch out at the end. Right, except we never see her like grow corn, so we don't know if she can grow useful plants. No, but plants. she can grow cactus, which are relatively useful. They she can grow edible. trees at the end. So it's, I think actually Isabel's got an important message here in that like they she put she was put in a box as the perfect box. child. She has to be the perfect flower. And then she realizes, oh, wait a second. I could be doing all these other things. As my daughter says, I love Isabella because she's beautiful and perfect. <laughs> and then I said, but she doesn't have to be. But that's why I like her. <laughs> great. Great. So, yeah. Perfect I mean, feminist. You know, and then it's a great exploration. <laughs> then she was like, I'm glad the grandpa died. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, great exploration of divine right and how nobility works. Uh, Though, you know, meritocracy and nobility, how the house chose uh, Mirabelle to be the the next ruler, Uh uh, clearly uh passed on. You know, great story. I mean, remember when Simba, like, brought rain back? I mean, (laughs) that's a good movie. Anyway, give it a grade. Simba needed to grow there. I, I... I haven't really said much about the movie. <laughs> I liked it. What do you want to say? I mean, so I think the movie is really interesting in the way that it truly is a musical, even though mm. it's one of those animated things. Like it's got yeah. the energy and choreography of a musical that you don't really get from most and the length musicals right? long? uh, longer uh, on screen. Uh, John, that's actually a good point that we didn't bring up. I that's what I really like about it, and I think what it does better than most Disney movies is it has a really good ending song. Most of them give up by then and just do a reprise or nothing. Yeah, so. I mean, so like you think of like the 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 uh, Sam the door is opening again. <laughs> You, you have to lean into the door to close it. How yeah. cute is the magic house? Yeah, anyway. so what I'm saying is like uh, the, the big song in the movie, uh, we don't talk about Bruno that everyone talks about. It's not like Let It Go, like a big set piece song, right? It's actually a, a composite song with all these other things going on and like the, the, the engagement dinner is happening and they're doing all these set piece dances. Right. So it's really a big picture musical thing and like the interesting camera angles that they're doing and all the little stories they're telling through their choreography. Like Les Mes right before the act break. Exactly. And you don't get that for a more like it, it's really kind of subtle in a way, even though it's really in your face. But I really appreciated it. It felt very Hamilton. Samantha's literally dancing to no music in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) She's feeling it. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm remembering music. (laughs) Yeah, and the things that, and like uh, the the song before that, I really liked the. The Lisa song. With the the mic drop or uh, the the beat drop, hammer drop. What is Mm -hmm. that called? You know, where she suddenly goes to the trip, 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 trip. <gasps> oh, I love that part. That's such a good I part. Actually, I just love some of the lyrics so much. But like the I associate themselves. it with the fall of sounding, or falling sand. 
Exactly. That's so fun. I love that part. The songs themselves don't feel like a complete song to stand alone. It feels like a a piece of a whole. A madrigal, if you will. Yeah. Madrigal. I don't know. I really, in retrospect, I was making a lot of jokes when we watched it together. Because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But thinking back, I really appreciated it. I appreciated the music, the choreography, and the story, how it all blended together and actually made a really nice cohesive whole. Something I don't say to you a lot. John, I love your positivity. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, mean, I, I can't see that much that I would honestly change about it. So I'll give this movie an A. Wow. That's very positive. I don't appreciate all the family trauma, of course, that you still. <laughs> right. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, all of John, John's perfectionism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all about your origin story to become your own Mirabelle. Oh, Sam was saying how this movie is based on the idea that everyone feels unseen and pressured in their family, but we all feel the same. I feel very seen. Oh, good. Don't good. worry about it, me guys. Yeah, anyway, that was bro call. Uh, <laughs> uh, what movie are we doing? I think John is your pick if you have a movie. Uh, but what's your grade? Uh, my grade is a B. Uh, it's good. It's just not a Michael movie. A, because like, I a like it. Movie. I really like it. Yeah. I love, well, I really love the music, but lately I have not allowed Elaine to listen to it anymore because I every night I go to sleep and it's just like burrowing in my head. <laughs> Like it's a little too catchy, but that's not, that's not, that's a good thing about the movie. So it's not their fault that it keeps me up at night. All right. Here we go, John. Okay. So I did the spinner. Do we want a not fun movie or a fun movie? Eh, Fun. Okay. We, this is rated as fun. I don't find it that fun. So it was kind of a trick question anyway. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Sure, that's fine. All right. There's there's positive energy. Uh, so our next movie is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and get ready for that trailer. And cut. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. What is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas. Why should he get to skip school when everybody else has to go? Syphilitic meningitis. He never gets caught. This guy in my biology class said that if Ferris dies, he's giving his eyes to Stevie Wonder. Well, he's very popular, Ed. I recall Central Park in fall. Ferris Bueller, do you know him? Yeah, he's getting me out of summer school. They think he's a righteous dude. Think he'll be alive this weekend? I can see him denying popular belief, setting off on some impossible mission jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. He does whatever he wants. You know, as long as I've known him, everything works for him. Whatever he wants. He's very cool, and he never gets nailed. Ferris can do anything. Oh, he's such a sweetie. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. It's a fool's paradise. He is just leading you down the primrose path. Matthew Broderick. Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's day off. Because life is too beautiful a thing to waste.